from the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Good afternoon and welcome to Washington Watch, your source for news and analysis on policy, politics, and culture from a biblical perspective. I'm your host, Tony Perkins, and Washington Watch starts now. First up, the U.S. Senate worked through the weekend and with some support of some Republican senators has advanced funding for Ukraine's security, but not our own. Protecting our southern border is not in the bill. I have to explain to the people of Florida, I have to explain to the American people, because I'm a U.S. senator, and my number one obligation is America. If America is not strong, we can't help any of our allies. And I'll have to explain to them why the Senate is going to work all through Super Bowl weekend, which is fine with me. We're going to make a big priority, except on something that's critical to this country, which is the invasion that's going on on our own border. That was Florida Senator Marco Rubio yesterday. Wisconsin Senator Ron Johnson, who, like Senator Rubio, did not support advancing the funding bill, is here with the latest on the measure. He will also weigh in on the effort of some Republicans to undermine Republican House Speaker Mike Johnson by encouraging Democrats in the House to join a discharge petition, forcing a vote on the $95 billion bill in the House. Following that, we'll explore the connection between the FAA's focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives and recent airline incidents. Could the FAA's prioritization of DEI over safety be endangering the flying public? Congressman Tim Burchett from Tennessee will weigh in on this critical discussion. Israel conducted a daring raid in Rafah yesterday that rescued two hostages being held among civilians. This despite the Biden administration expressing opposition to military action in Rafah. We just saw, obviously, the uh, order from the prime minister last week to the Israeli military to develop a plan for dealing with Rafa. And we will make clear, as we uh, did last week and as the president did in his conversation over the weekend, that without such a a plan that is credible and that they can execute, we do not support uh, a full-scale military operation there going ahead. That was State Department spokesman Matthew Miller earlier today. Texas Congressman Keith Self joins me later for that conversation. And more information about the shooter at Lakewood Church in Houston yesterday. She has utilized both male and female names, but through all of our investigation to this point, talking with individuals, interviews, documents, Houston Police Department reports, she has been identified this entire time as female, she, her, and so uh, we are identifying her as Genesee Moreno, Hispanic female. That was Commander Chris Hasek, commander of the Houston Police Department's Homicide Division. The shooter, who is apparently a female who sometimes identifies as a male, had a history of mental illness. Now, the investigation is ongoing, but we'll discuss what we know so far with Tim Miller, a retired federal law enforcement professional that is now president of Lionheart Security, which focuses on security for churches and other religious institutions. From the halls of power to the front lines of the cultural battles, Washington Watch is your platform for informed discussion and meaningful dialogue, all from a biblical perspective, so that you can stand up, speak up, and stay engaged. So let's navigate these pressing issues together. Well, like the Super Bowl, the U.S. US Senate was in overtime this weekend, and the American people will probably end up like the 49ers, losing. Yesterday, senators voted 67 to 27 to advance a $95.3 billion supplemental spending package that would primarily go to help Ukraine secure their nation's future in their war against Russia. It would also provide support to Israel in Taiwan. But what is missing? 
America's security. Joining me now to discuss this and more is Senator Ron Johnson from Wisconsin. He serves on the Senate Budget Committee, the Senate Finance Committee, and the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Senator Johnson, welcome back to Washington Watch. Thanks for having me on. I hope you're doing well. I'm doing well. You had a long weekend. Was any progress made? Well, if you want to uh, fund Ukraine, I guess, progress has been made. Uh, Those of us who are trying to first focus on the catastrophe, the clear and present danger that is President Biden's open border policy, we're not winning the day uh, from a standpoint of votes. Uh, hopefully, we're winning some hearts and minds and you know, convincing more Americans that uh, the top priority of the United States Congress and, quite honestly, the President of the United States should be the safety and security of Americans. As, as, as much as you may be sympathetic with the people of Ukraine, I think most Americans are, uh, we need to first secure our own border. And unfortunately, that's uh, something that's been thrown out the window here in the United States Senate. Senator Johnson, we've seen and heard more information as a senator. You have access to even more information that's classified. But we know that there are terrorist cells operating in this country. Many of them have come across our open southern border. America is at risk. I mean, the FBI director has said this under oath before both committees in the Senate and the House. How do your colleagues justify sending this money overseas to aid Ukraine and their security, but refusing to deal with our own? I think one of the most depraved justifications is they say, well, this is really not going over to Ukraine. This is going to build up our industrial base. This is going to create jobs in your state. Uh, Again, whether you want to support the people of Ukraine or not, and I think most Americans do, uh, the, the, the way to do it, from my standpoint, is not to send another $60 billion worth of funding uh, that is going to fuel the flames of a bloody stalemate. Uh, what U.S. policy ought to be at this point in time is recognize the reality that Vladimir Putin will not lose this war. Russia has four times population, a larger industrial base. They, they can produce four and a half million of the 155 millimeter shells that they're, sp- that they're uh, sending 10,000 a day into Ukraine, destroying it, killing Ukrainians. Uh, this, ha- this bloody stalemate has to end and there is no strategy on the part of uh, President Biden other than to get $60 billion of money we don't have that's going to further plunder and mortgage our kids' future. So, um, again, th- there's concern for the Ukrainian people. But what about the concern that would say, let's stop destroying the country. Let's stop a war that is killing more and more Ukrainians. I mean, w- w- th- there, there, is, there is no rationale for moving forward at this point. Senator, I want to play a clip of the Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer earlier today. And I mean, this has to be spin, but I I want to play this clip. Clip nine, please. If we want the world to remain a safe place for freedom, for democratic principles, for American prosperity, then elected leaders need to put in the work to make that happen. We need to approve the investments that ensure our people's security, ensure the security of our partners, and prevent our adversaries from gaining an edge over us. How does this provide security for our people when our southern border remains wide open? I don't have a clue. You know, we spend uh, 880-some billion dollars a year on defense, and now they want another $100 billion or so to, I guess, increase our security. It it, it simply doesn't. 
you know, the same justification was used in Vietnam, you know, the domino theory. If, if we don't bomb the you-know-what out of v the Vietnamese people, you know, communism is going to spread all over the world. Uh, what was the result of 58,000 lives lost in Vietnam? What, what was the result in Afghanistan, of Iraq? You know, what is the result in Ukraine? Just death and destruction. Uh, we need to rethink our policy. We need to retrospectively take a look at uh, what our foreign entanglements have, have resulted in and be honest about it. Listen, I, I, you know, I, I think America, we're, we're the good guys. Uh, we send our sons and daughters not to conquer land, but to fight for other people's freedom. But we have to take a look at what has been the result of all of that. And we have to understand the other person's perspective as well. Uh, and, and at least respect it if you disagree with it, but at least understand why, why Vladimir Putin would send his own troops in, into Ukraine. Again, I'm not justifying it. I'm not, right. that's not what I'm saying, but you have to understand this is this is only going to get worse every day that this war goes on. More Ukrainians die, more of Ukraine gets destroyed, which will have to be rebuilt. So this just gets bloodier and bloodier and more and more costly with no end in sight and no strategy to get to to come to a conclusion. Uh, Senator Johnson, you've been very clear. You're, you've been consistent your entire time in, in the Senate. I would describe you as an American first senator. I mean, we want to help those, our allies, but we got to help ourselves first. But I, I, I'm struggling. I, I'm with you. I, I think most Americans, when they see people fighting for freedom like Ukrainians, they want to help them if they can. Uh, but they realize we've got a serious problem here at home that we need to address. But when you look at what the Biden administration did in Afghanistan, what a debacle. Why all of a sudden when Joe Biden and Chuck Schumer are all about Ukraine, it raises concerns among many Americans. They, they, they ran, tucked tail and ran from Afghanistan, but now they're wanting to spend U.S. dollars hand over fist in Ukraine. Well, that embarrassing and dangerous surrender in Afghanistan is what emboldened people like Putin. Uh, you have to recognize that, and, and you also have to recognize that their open border policy you know, what a clear and present danger that is. And they're ignoring it now. You know, unfortunately, uh, Leader McConnell entered into these secret negotiations that resulted in a bill that was worse than doing nothing. But then that's hailed as a great bipartisan achievement that, you know, just the conservative Republicans turned down. Uh, nothing could be further from the truth. Democrats want an open border. They caused this problem. All they were negotiating for was political cover. And unfortunately, Leader McConnell gave them that political cover. So, our job is to point out really how flawed that bill was. You know, the American people understood that. That's why that thing collapsed in less than 24 right. hours once it's light a day. It, it, it did. So you're absolutely right. Border. Uh, you're, you're absolutely right. It did. And that's what's so disappointing that this bill would not advance, this bill funding Ukraine, leaving our border wide open, would not advance without Republican support. And now... You have some of your Republican colleagues like uh, Senator Tom Tillis of North Carolina calling for House Democrats to maneuver procedures, a, a discharge petition that would work around the speaker who has said he's not going to advance this bill. Well, the Democrats will be ha happy to take over the House. I just hope there aren't any Republican House members that will allow them to do so. Now, Speaker Johnson has a razor thin majority over there, so he's going to have to work you know, long and hard to make sure that only a couple of his members don't side with Democrats like 18 uh, Republicans did here in the United States Senate. Uh, they have to insist. Again, there, there's there's a split in our party in terms of you know how much aid, how that aid would flow to Ukraine. Um, I'm, I'm somewhere in the middle of that. But what I'm 
absolutely certain of, and this is what the House members have to be, is we have to secure our border first. That's what Americans expect. And no matter how much you want to help the people of Ukraine, help the people of the United right. States first. America has to remain safe and secure. And under Biden and the Democrats, it is not. Senator, final question for you. This was the only leverage that I saw on the horizon that could enable Republicans to accomplish that. And now that's going away. Well, that's spent. Unfortunately, again, that's what Leader McConnell blew. We weren't asking for a you know monstrosity of a Rube Goldberg immigration bill. All we wanted was some kind of enforcement mechanism to force President Biden, who wants an open border, who causes problems, force him to secure the, the border. The only leverage we had was Ukraine, but that, that now that has basically been frittered away under the incredibly stupid negotiating strategy in secret when the American people support us in trying to secure the border. It, it makes no sense. It's a political debacle. Well, I'm certain that uh, most of our listeners, if not all, support the stand. You and your Republicans have, uh, your allies have taken care of the Senate to secure our border first before we help anyone else. Senator Ron Johnson, always great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us today. The listeners have to let the House members know what the position is Absolutely. And, and folks, it's a great setup because I, I need you to sign the petition to the House to secure the border. Text the word border to 67742. That's the word border to 67742. We're getting ready to deliver those to the Republican leadership. I, I talked with the uh, House speaker over the weekend. I may talk about that later. He needs your help. All right, don't go away. When we come back, the FAA pursuing DEI rather than safety. That's next. Christians must be sure to faithfully think about the issues that have taken our culture and many of our churches by storm from a biblical perspective. Family Research Council's David Clawson, along with co-authors Denny Burke and Colin Smothers, released a new book, Male and Female, He Created Them, a study on gender, sexuality, and marriage to help Christians better grasp the Bible's teaching about these issues. This study presents a biblical view of homosexuality, transgenderism, and marriage. With this new resource, readers will be given guidance on specific questions related to preferred pronouns, identity, intersex conditions, and other matters that our churches must be discipling their members to respond to with love and biblical conviction. As part of the study, readers have access to supplemental videos by Dr. Albert Moeller, Dr. Heath Lambert, Reverend H.B. Charles, Dr. Christopher Yuan, Dr. Rosaria Butterfield, and others that expand and elaborate the themes of each chapter. To purchase a copy, go to hecreatedthem.org. Today we find that global persecutions of Christians is growing more menacing every year. Family Research Council's Leela Gilbert, Ariel Del Turco, and Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin's book, Heroic Faith, shares personal stories from those who have endured religious persecution and gives a close look at the dire situations Christians often face due to dangerous and sometimes deadly opposition to their faith. The book's true stories of persistence and faithfulness amidst crisis offer inspiration and hope. Heroic Faith also provides insights into the ideologies driving the hostility and persecution, what steps the U.S. government might take to help, and how readers can best respond to the struggles of the faithful. It is critical for us to learn from our brothers and sisters who are suffering deeply and to do whatever we can to help. You can get your copy of Heroic Faith wherever books are sold or by going to frc.org slash heroicfaith. 
Again, that's frc.org slash heroic faith. Men are constantly told that there is no place for their thoughts and concerns about abortion. However, this attitude ignores the fact that both women and men are deeply and personally affected by abortion. Furthermore, one does not have to be a woman to know that abortion ends the life of an innocent, unborn child. Every man has a role to play in protecting unborn lives and supporting the mothers in their families and greater community, which is why FRC's Center for Human Dignity has released a resource titled A Man's Guide to Standing for Life. This resource was created to help men positively address the topic of life. This guide will equip men with phrases to utilize or avoid, as well as practical tips for helping to protect life and the expectant mother or unborn child he knows. Every man has the opportunity to be an unborn baby's hero by stepping in to support a mother and speaking up for her child's life. Get this free guide at frc.org slash men to learn more about the important role men play in protecting unborn lives. Welcome back to Washington. Watch, good to have you with us on this Monday again. Join us in communicating to the House Republican leadership that they must take a stand on the border issue. Text the word border to 67742. Unfortunately, too many Republicans caved in the Senate. Again, border to 67742. Well, last week, the Senate Committee on Commerce, Science, and Transportation advanced legislation to reauthorize the Federal Aviation Administration. Now, the bill's advancement comes following several high-profile airplane safety episodes, including an incident last month where the emergency exit door blew off of a plane mid-flight. And as media reports have recently exposed, internal meetings at the FAA have shown the agency more focused on DEI initiatives than public safety. Could a distracted agency create the environment for an aviation disaster. Joining me now to discuss this is Congressman Tim Burchett. He serves on the House Transportation and Infrastructure Committee, the House Foreign Affairs Committee, and the House Oversight and Accountability Committee. He represents the 2nd Congressional District of Tennessee. Congressman Burchett, welcome back to Washington Watch. Good to see you. Great seeing you, Tony. Thanks for having me on, brother. Well, before we get into the details about the problems at the FAA, let's discuss the Reauthorization Act that is moving forward. You serve on the House Transportation and Infrastructure Committee. When the House passed this last year, you said it was loaded with pork, DEI, and Green New Deal, and that it was a lobbyist wish list. Well, it's now advanced in the Senate. What, uh, what's next? Well, unfortunately, if, if the senators uh, don't collectively get some guts, that it will pass, and I'm sure it will go to the president because his agenda is fully in there. You know, the FAA should be about safe air travel, and we've seen lately how that just isn't the case, and we've seen the priorities that this administration is for the DEI, is for the politically correct, is for how many, you know, transgender whatever you have. I mean, it's, it's across the board when you— um, you talk about our State Department and what they're promoting overseas. It should be capitalism, democracy, but it's it's uh, loaded with drag shows and millions and millions of dollars promoting those types of things. And you just got to wonder how that ever happened. And mainly because I think 20 million so-called conservatives and, and evangelical Christians decided to stay home on Election Day. Yes. Yeah. 
elections have consequences, and we're seeing those play out before us. I mean, in the Transportation Committee, and, I, and, and you're absolutely right, we, we've tracked this in our foreign policy and how uh, the State Department is leaning on many countries, uh, especially many African countries that are pro-life, to adopt their pro-abortion agenda. But when you look at the Department of Transportation, you sit on that committee. That's under, you know, Mayor Pete Buttigieg. And, you know, his agenda, I mean, it's had deadly consequences. I mean, it's a record number of train derailments, accidents. But now we're talking about the airlines where they are preoccupied with advancing this radical social agenda at the risk of the safety of the American public. 100 um, percent. We've just seen them doing about face to anything of reason that, you know, across the board, though, we've we've really got the, the fox in the hen house. In this one, they are not backing down one bit. And the only thing they're going to understand, unfortunately, is um, is the dollar. We don't have the guts to cut them off. Be doing. We should be exercising our, our authority. Congress and collectively shutting these departments down till they start doing what they're supposed to and get out of all this other nonsense, because that's we're going to see lives, more lives lost. We're going to see um, devastation, I'm afraid. And it's just going to it fits right into this whole anarchy type thing. I mean, look at our border situation, for goodness sakes. Look at our spending. We take in five trillion. We spend seven trillion and we keep. And we get into every war on this on the on this globe just about and yet we won't defend our own border to right. me the whole just it's it's obscene really and these people are anarchists they hate our country they hate the american way they hate our veterans they hate our flag they hate our god they hate everything that has made us strong it, to destroy it, def- us. it defies reason why, and I don't want to get too far off, far off on this on the border discussion, but we won't secure our own border, but yet we'll send $95 billion overseas. That, that makes absolutely no sense, because if we don't take care of America first, there'll be no America to take care of others. I mean, this is absolutely, I mean, this is just, this is, this is elementary. It, it's not now, hard. I'm afraid the money changers are in the temple, and... Um, and well, we maybe we need to, maybe we need to drive a few of them out. I agree. I think we need to turn the tables, so to speak, uh, um, and 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 throw them out. I always get aggravated with people about Jesus. He was a he was a very kind man, but he didn't ask them to leave the temple. He threw them out. And I think we need to get some guts in this country and throw some of these money changers out because they are they are destroying us to our roots. I mean, to our our one thing COVID showed us. Parents started looking over their little darling shoulders um, in education and, and um, on these computers and this filth that they were getting. Can you imagine a day? I could not imagine a day in my I'm 15, in my life where a parent goes to a school board meeting and says, hey, I don't want you putting this, putting literally pornography out to my child, to my single age, you know, seven, eight, nine-year-old child. And they are, and they are labeled by our own federal authorities as domestic terrorists. Uh, you know, we have, the Bible talks about right is wrong and up is down and left is right. We are clearly in the, in the throes of that right, right now, right. top well, to bottom. 
What uh, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, and we're seeing that uh, right before us. Uh, Congressman, we're up against a break, but uh, will you stick with us? I want to I play a clip coming from the FAA after this and get your response to it. Uh, folks, thanks so much for uh, being a part of this Monday edition of Washington Watch. Congressman Tim Burch is going to be with us on the other side of the break. Let me again encourage you to sign the petition on the border. Congressman Burchard was just talking about that. This, it, it makes no sense. Why would we send all this money overseas? And again, I'm not necessarily against funding Ukraine. Certainly, I am for funding Israel. I think we have a both a political and a moral and spiritual obligation there. Ukraine, a little different. We've spent so much over there and so little accountability. But we've got to secure our own borders. Text the word border to 67742. All right, stick around. We're coming back with more Washington Watch Out. Christians must be sure to faithfully think about the issues that have taken our culture and many of our churches by storm from a biblical perspective. Family Research Council's David Clawson, along with co-authors Denny Burke and Colin Smothers, released a new book, Male and Female, He Created Them, a study on gender, sexuality, and marriage to help Christians better grasp the Bible's teaching about these issues. This study presents a biblical view of homosexuality, transgenderism, and marriage. With this new resource, readers will be given guidance on specific questions related to preferred pronouns, identity, intersex conditions, and other matters that our churches must be discipling their members to respond to with love and biblical conviction. As part of the study, readers have access to supplemental videos by Dr. Albert Moeller, Dr. Heath Lambert, Reverend H.B. Charles, Dr. Christopher Yuan, Dr. Rosaria Butterfield, and others that expand and elaborate the themes of each chapter. To purchase a copy, go to hecreatedthem.org. Today we find that global persecutions of Christians is growing more menacing every year. Family Research Council's Leela Gilbert, Ariel Del Turco, and Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin's book, Heroic Faith, shares personal stories from those who have endured religious persecution and gives a close look at the dire situations Christians often face due to dangerous and sometimes deadly opposition to their faith. The book's true stories of persistence and faithfulness amidst crisis offer inspiration and hope. Heroic Faith also provides insights into the ideologies driving the hostility and persecution, what steps the U.S. government might take to help, and how readers can best respond to the struggles of the faithful. It is critical for us to learn from our brothers and sisters who are suffering deeply and to do whatever we can to help. You can get your copy of Heroic Faith wherever books are sold or by going to frc.org slash heroic faith. Again, that's frc.org slash heroic faith. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. The website, TonyPerkins.com. My guest in this segment, Congressman Tim Burchett of Tennessee, serves on the House Transportation Committee. So, Congressman, thanks so much for, uh, for holding over for us. I want to play this clip. This comes from the Deputy Chief Operating Officer, Angela McCullough, with the FAA. Now, this was a video conference call that was obtained by the Daily Wire's Matt Walsh and was released. I'm going to play this clip. Your whole program is very heavily male-dominated. It just is. And really, it is white male-dominated. I mean, let's just say what it is. 
And then let's talk about what could the future look like if, if, if you really had this program that was representative of the whole um, country, right, of, of the whole world. All right. I, I think you can hear that. But it says that their whole program is very heavily male dominated. It just is. And really, it is white male dominated. I mean, let's just say what it is. And then let's talk about what could the future look like if we really had this program that was representative of the country, right, of the whole world. Uh, what, what happened to the safety of the public and getting the best qualified? Where'd that go? What? Yeah, what happened to us, I say, put the best player in, coach. You know, this is ridiculous. We, um, the criteria ought to be who is the most qualified, period. These these quotas that we have, you know, I, my, my, my father, a World War II Marine, he warned me about these days. He said, eventually, it's going to get past race. It's going to get past sex. It's going to get down into the into the the you know the, the transgender everything else that you're seeing and that's why we're seeing this difficulty that's why we're seeing our military recruitment is at an all-time low it's because red-blooded americans men and women who want to do what's right are continuously obviously are being screened out of these processes by these processes and we are not putting our best players in and that is not you know it Physics, an airplane going to the air, that's a ball. You know, it doesn't matter if you're a, a, a purple unicorn from, from New York. If, if you don't tighten that, that bolt down, as we saw in these, these doors or what have you, or flying off of these jets, if they're not completed, we will have accidents. And it's not like, let's say, you're, you're going highway. You're up 30,000 right. feet. And we're, we are going to have a major catastrophe if we continue down this path. And, you know, I, I, I pray for our president. I pray for the Democrat Party. I pray for the Republicans. I pray for everybody in leadership. But, you know, if you saw our president during that press conference, he's not in control of his mental faculties. I don't know who's of it right now. Well, like we are in fire. That actually brings up, I mean, this, this is not something that's, that's hidden that we don't know about. This is actually on the FAA's and Department of Transportation's website. Now, under Pete Buttigieg, they've established a goal of hiring employees with what are called, and I'm just quoting it, severe disabilities. This includes severe intellectual disability, psychiatric disability. This is, they're specifically putting these folks in in a non-competitive hiring, meaning they can just hire them on the spot without actually having to hire the best qualified persons for these positions. I mean, now we don't know what positions they're putting them in, but given the track record of this Department of Transportation and where the FAA is going, I'm I'm very concerned as, as a citizen who flies a lot. Yeah, I fly twice a week, at least, minimum. And so I, I'm very concerned. I look at these things. I, after seeing, uh, after having a closed door meeting with the FAA over this latest catastrophe or avoided somebody, nobody died, but they sure as heck could have. Um, you know, I'm always when I walk in a in an airplane, I'm looking at these things that they described, and um, and I'm I'm wondering if the people that are briefing me were put in that job not because of the qualifications that they had or their brain power but because they were checking a box somewhere 
to, to satisfy some quota, left-wing quota criteria. Uh, this just doesn't work anymore. It never has and it never will. But again, elections have consequences. This should scare the Hades out of Americans for good reason. If you saw the press conference, who's running our country is a poor old man. I used to be angry about it. Now I just have pity on him. It is a sad, sad situation. And that is what's running these departments. They've allowed the 21, 22-year-old Marxists right out of college to have influence because they're right. being educated in public colleges and institutions. I mean, my friend AOC, she's my friend, but she has a degree in economics from a public college institution. That should that should tell you enough right there where we're headed as a country. Very quickly, one of the other aspects that you brought up about reauthorization was that the lobbying interest took precedent precedent over public safety. Very quickly, speak to that. Yes, sir. If they get their part, they don't care about anything else. If they get their billion-dollar funding for whatever widget or whatever program they're pushing, that's what they do. And so, um, and, and that's why you have 35 uh, trillion dollars in debt is because you get a 2,000 page bill, you find two sentences that affect your district, some contractor, then you vote for it. That's why we need clean legislation, single issue bills like we right. do in Tennessee. Tennessee has zero debt. We need to, we need to adopt that policy and, and do that. It won't, as you know, most of those people don't see the life public. Yeah. The uniform, we need to clean the house. Could not disagree. In fact, I, I couldn't agree more. Senator uh, Congressman Tim Burchett, always great to see you. Thanks so much for uh, taking time to join us this afternoon. Thank you. I thought you were taking a shot at me. Well, I, 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 excuse me. I didn't mean to. Uh, no, 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 no harm intended there. That was a slip. I, I'm, I'm, I'm an old man. Forgive me. Thank you, brother. Thank you. All right, folks, stick with us. We're coming back with more Washington Watch. Christians must be sure to faithfully think about the issues that have taken our culture and many of our churches by storm from a biblical perspective. Family Research Council's David Clawson, along with co-authors Denny Burke and Colin Smothers, released a new book, Male and Female, He Created Them, a study on gender, sexuality, and marriage to help Christians better grasp the Bible's teaching about these issues. This study presents a biblical view of homosexuality, transgenderism, and marriage. With this new resource, readers will be given guidance on specific questions related to preferred pronouns, identity, intersex conditions, and other matters that our churches must be discipling their members to respond to with love and biblical conviction. As part of the study, readers have access to supplemental videos by Dr. Albert Moeller, Dr. Heath Lambert, Reverend H.B. Charles, Dr. Christopher Yuan, Dr. Rosaria Butterfield, and others that expand and elaborate the themes of each chapter. To purchase a copy, go to hecreatedthem.org. Today we find that global persecutions of Christians is growing more menacing every year. Family Research Council's Leela Gilbert, Ariel Del Turco, and Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin's book, Heroic Faith, shares personal stories from those who have endured religious persecution and gives a close look at the dire situations Christians often face due to dangerous and sometimes deadly opposition to their faith. The book's true stories of persistence and faithfulness amidst crisis offer inspiration and hope. Heroic Faith also provides insights into the ideologies driving the hostility and persecution, what steps the U.S. government might take to help, and how readers can best respond to the struggles of the faithful. 
It is critical for us to learn from our brothers and sisters who are suffering deeply and to do whatever we can to help. You can get your copy of Heroic Faith wherever books are sold or by going to frc.org slash heroic faith. Again, that's frc.org slash heroic faith. Men are constantly told that there is no place for their thoughts and concerns about abortion. However, this attitude ignores the fact that both women and men are deeply and personally affected by abortion. Furthermore, one does not have to be a woman to know that abortion ends the life of an innocent, unborn child. Every man has a role to play in protecting unborn lives and supporting the mothers in their families and greater community, which is why FRC's Center for Human Dignity has released a resource titled A Man's Guide to Standing for Life. This resource was created to help men positively address the topic of life. This guide will equip men with phrases to utilize or avoid, as well as practical tips for helping to protect life and the expectant mother or unborn child he knows. Every man has the opportunity to be an unborn baby's hero by stepping in to support a mother and speaking up for her child's life. Get this free guide at frc.org slash men to learn more about the important role men play in protecting unborn lives. Welcome back to Washington Watch. Be sure to check out the website, TonyPerkins.com. Lots of resources there for you. Our word for today comes from Exodus chapters 14 and 15, verse 31. Thus Israel saw the great work which the Lord had done in Egypt. So the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. And look what that led to in chapter 15. Then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord and spoke, saying, I will sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. When we see the mighty hand of God at work, we cannot help but worship him. And here is their worship of the Lord. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my song. The Lord is my salvation. And to that, we say amen. To join us on our journey through the Bible, go to frc.org slash Bible. Well, details continue to emerge on the shooter killed after opening fire in a Texas church yesterday in Houston. There remains confusion regarding the gender identity of the shooter who used a gun, a rifle with Palestine written on the, the butt of that rifle. The shooter was accompanied by a young school-age boy, reported to be seven years old, who was also injured during the attack and is in critical condition. What else do we know about this shooting, and does it fit a pattern of attacks against churches? Joining me now to discuss this is Tim Miller, president and founder of Lionheart International Services Group. He has had a 30-year career as a law enforcement and military professional, including Secret Service as a Secret Service special agent assigned to the Washington Field Office, where he conducted all aspects of security for the president, vice president, and foreign heads of state. Tim, welcome to Washington Watch. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, sir. It's an honor to be here. Thanks for all the great work you do. I appreciate that. Uh, and by the way, Semper Fi. Uh, news yeah, continues yeah. to break on this shooting. What do we know so far? Yeah, so like many incidents like this, the, the details are going to come out in the days ahead. What we do know is this person had a previous relationship. We're tr still trying to understand exactly what that meant. Um, obviously, uh, the person entered uh, the lobby area following a major service that had been let out 
but previous to this the Spanish service. Uh, almost immediately, according to witnesses, produced an AR-15 rifle and started firing. Uh, thank God we had uh, three off-duty sworn police officers that were actually hired by the church to provide security. Therefore, they had a baseline level of training. They immediately engaged uh, the suspect in this, and the suspect was suddenly kill, uh, subsequently killed. And unfortunately, um, it looks now like it was her biological daughter that was in fact shot in the head, and it doesn't look good in terms of survival. What does this tell us about the environment of hostility towards churches? We seem to be seeing more of these in recent years. Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, I think just to be, uh, you know, very forthright, I think we're in a Nehemiah moment in terms of church security. All of us were raised in churches that you didn't even have to think about that. But we're seeing not only the frequency, but the severity of these attacks continue. And we used to, uh, you know, as a Secret Service agent, security is very different than responsive law enforcement. Security is about being wise and prepared with a plan and then setting up security rings around the event to make sure we can stop it before it happens. Unfortunately, in this case and in others, White Settlement Church uh, shooting, uh, Colorado Springs, we're seeing shooters accessing the facility and then doing tremendous amounts of damage. I, I am very grateful, uh, as you know well, sir, uh, with a rifle against handguns, it's, you're outmatched. But in this case, the professionalism of the officers shined through and they were able to stop it. Now, there is some suggestive evidence now investigatively that perhaps she had an ax to grind because of a divorce-type settlement uh, or situation where um, she did, uh, we're waiting to get details, maybe have some anti-Semitic material in the car as well. But this is concerning, and I think as a nation, we have to look at church security through a whole different lens. Yeah, unfortunately, I think you're absolutely right. Now, we, as you said, these types of things, information is going to come out over the next uh, several days. But we do know that she used a male alias. There's some question as to whether or not uh, she identified as a male uh, to the extent we don't know. But uh, we do know that we're seeing a rise of this type of um, activity from those coming out of the LGBTQ community. We'll leave that aside for now. We'll talk about that later mm-hmm. because I think there's a, there, there was mental health issues uh, in her case, according to the Houston Police Department. But mm-hmm. are, are we seeing, and, and I'm going to speak to this from my perspective, from the, from the national level where we see hostility being directed at religious institutions that hold to traditional morality. And that's coming from our own government. Could that be creating this environment where people feel empowered to go into churches and do this? It abs- Yes, sir. It absolutely does. Absolutely. And I think the thing that concerns me is when you watch what our brothers and sisters in the Jewish community are facing now, unparalleled anti-Semitism. It shouldn't surprise us that that's beginning to pivot now towards Christian communities. And the reality is, if we believe Scripture, it's only going to get worse. Now, I don't ever preach fear. I preach wisdom and preparation. And I think if we look at the Nehemiah model, it's very appropriate. We pray to our God first, and then we post a guard, because those are the times we're living in. 
And and that can be done so that churches, people can come into church and they can worship, they can, uh, you know, they can hear the word of God and do so without fear because the church has taken the appropriate steps and actions to do that. Well, truer words couldn't be spoken because if the pastoral leadership, I view security as just another ministry in a church, much like worship, much like any other ministry. We have to have the heart of David first and then the skills of David. And I think when that happens, that the the security ministry then begins to recognize that the church is a hospital. We want broken people to come. Yes. But we also want people to be safe in the process of coming. Right. And, and, and not operate out of fear. Uh, Tim Miller, I think you're absolutely right. We have no reason to fear if we have prepared and taken the right precautions. Uh, Tim, thanks so much Amen. for joining us today. Great insight. Uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you, brother. God bless you and Semper Fi back. All right. Tim Miller with uh, the Lionheart International Services Group. Love the name. And, and look. Pray and take a stand. And, and I think every church, and we've actually conducted some of these uh, training seminars ourselves at the Family Research Council for Churches. Churches do this, not out of fear, but out of preparation. All right, last night, Israeli special forces rescued two hostages held in Rafah. Now, this is an area in southern Gaza where a lot of the refugees have congregated, and these two hostages were being held in a highly concentrated area where civilians are at. Now, this daring overnight raid came after President Biden instructed Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu not to proceed with military action into Rafah. And just days after a White House address address where the president described Israel's response to Hamas terrorist attacks as over the top. Now, what does this reveal about the White House strategy and their tactics toward Israel. Uh, Joining me now to talk about this, Congressman Keith Self. He serves on the House Foreign Affairs Committee and the House Veterans Affairs Committee. He represents the 3rd Congressional District of Texas. Congressman Self, welcome back to Washington Watch. Thank you, Tony. Great to be here with you on a great topic. Well, it appears, uh, rightfully so, that Israel is not listening to the Biden administration and taking care of business. Uh, Yeah, I will tell you, 70 percent, more than 70 percent of Israelis uh, support the dismantling of the Hamas leadership. Um, I I served with the IDF as the uh, operations desk officer at USUCOM for a couple of years. I've been all over Israel. I believe that they are sincere and they are uh, committed to their own self-defense this time. Uh, And I believe that you're right. BB is not listening to uh, Biden. Uh, nor should he, because he has the mission of defending his right to exist and the security of his people. So what's behind the White House position on this? What are they attempting to do? Uh, Well, they've tried to destabilize. uh, They've tried to pull America back from the world stage now for for three years. And this is only part of it. Uh, They have been uh, they have Iranian sympathizers across the Biden administration in very high levels. Uh, So this is no surprise. This should be no surprise to us uh, that they would not be fully committed to Israel's right to exist and to defend itself. Do they think that they can just make all this go away? I mean, do they really think that they can appease uh, Hamas, Iran and, and all of these people who want to destroy both Israel and the United States? 
Well, they're not going to be able to appease them, Tony. Uh, look, uh, we know that uh, just just take UNRWA. Ninety percent of the UNRWA, the UN employees in Gaza are local Palestinians. Half of them has direct ties to the Hamas uh, terrorist uh, family ties. Uh, they're not going to appease them. They're not going to appease Iran. Uh, and and this is BB uh, uh, Biden just needs to step aside and let BB do what he wants to do, what the Israeli citizens want him to do, and that is totally dismantle the Hamas infrastructure. I mean, look at UNRWA. Uh, underneath the UNRWA headquarters right. uh, was a Hamas data center being supplied electricity from well, the UNRWA office. I mean, look at these two hostages that were rescued where they were at. They're on the second floor of an apartment building. I mean, they're being held in a highly concentrated civilian area. And, and you've got to understand whether it be a mosque, whether it be an apartment building, once you hide hostages or, or, or you use them for military purposes, they lose their protected status. Uh, so, you know, Hamas is using the Palestinian population as human shields for their activities. Uh, most of what they've been given in aid has gone to their actions against Israel, not to support their people. Hamas is a terrorist organization. And where is the rest of the world speaking out on that? Not many people are. This is this is a terrible time for Israel. They have got to stay the course. We who support Israel have got to support them actively and vocally uh, to allow them to go about their defense of their nation. I mean, they're almost in an impossible situation where they're, I mean, they're, they're, the, the Hamas is is conducting military operations in the heart of civilian areas. And if Israel's going to neutralize that threat, I mean, it's like threading a needle. I mean, they are doing the best they can, but where the international community should be weighing in with Hamas, telling them to stop doing what they're doing, using civilians as human shields, as you pointed out. Well, the U.N. as a whole has been uh, anti-Israel, anti-Zionist for decades. We know that. Uh, we routinely have used our Security Council veto uh, to uh, protect Israel. And I think that's one of the last red lines that we need to be talking about, is we cannot abandon Israel in the U.N. We've got to continue to use our veto power uh, against the anti-Semitic uh, U.N., so I'm going to go back to what the White House is uh, uh, trying to accomplish here by essentially tying the hands of Israel behind their back uh, as they take on this terrorist organization. Is this designed to appease the president's base, the Democratic base that is turning more and more pro-Hamas? Uh, yeah, it's election time. We're in an, an election season. So, yeah, I suspect that's part of it. Uh, part of it is they've been pro uh, Iran and Iran proxies now for a while. They have allowed this to happen. Uh, we saw this testing of us across the world uh, soon after the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan. And this is just uh, the, the Gaza, uh, the Red Sea, uh, uh, Ukraine itself. All of this is testing uh, because of the weakness of the Biden administration. So uh, I'm not sure I would give them that much credit it may just be the weakness of the Biden administration. Uh, we've lost deterrence around the world. So when we tell anyone don't do something, they're not going to listen because we have lost deterrence, which takes both the capability and the will. We don't have the will to deter anyone. 
And, and Congressman Self, from, from a historical perspective, it takes a long time to, to rebuild that credibility internationally once you've lost it. Uh, it does, absolutely, because uh, if people don't fear us, and we are supposed to be the superpower, if people don't fear us, then we have no deterrence. So how do we rebuild that? First of all, we've got to have an administration that understands that peace through strength is not just a saying, it is real. Congressman Keith Self, always great to talk with you. Thanks so much for uh, joining us on this Monday afternoon. Thank you, Tony, and have a great day. You too. Look forward to seeing you soon. Congressman Keith Self of Texas. All right, folks, uh, as we've gone down the list of uh, so many pressing issues taking place in our nation's capital and around the world, it's a reminder we need to pray. We need to be praying for our nation. Uh, We need to be praying for the peace of Israel and Jerusalem. We live in volatile times. But, But here's something you need to realize. God has entrusted this time, this moment in history to us. What are we going to do with it? We need to pray. We need to vote, and we need to stand. We need to stand for truth no matter what. And we need to be voting, as has been brought out independently by so many of our guests just today, that what we see unfolding in America and around the world is the result of elections. So I do hope that you are registered and you are voting, both in this primary season and the general All right, out of time for today. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow. I hope you will as well. Until then, I leave you with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6, where he says, when you've done everything you can do, when you've prepared and when you've prepared, by all means. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234.